too many people, Anthony, and I'm sure you see this all the time, their opinion is just someone else's opinion. So many people, they don't want to take the time, and this really, really unnerves me, is when people have an opinion and they've not done any research on that topic at all. Hello, everybody. This is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brother's Podcast. Today, my guest is Mark Struczewski, also known as Mr. Productivity. Mark's mission is to help 100 million solopreneurs bust through overwhelm over the next 10 years. I first met Mark a couple of weeks ago to the 10X community, and I instantly like his positive energy and his generosity. Mark, my friend, welcome to the show. Anthony, I am so glad that we just happened to meet on the 10X call and we created the friendship. We're uh, conversing back and forth on WhatsApp and now here I am on your show. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I'm all for the, the great action very fast. And after a first call with you, I already knew I, I wanted to have some collaboration, <laughs> some content creation. So when the vibe is there, you just say yes to life and go with the flow. And what's interesting is several people that were also on that call they were like, I don't know, they weren't there fully present. Uh -huh. And I, this is the first takeaway I want to give your audience is whenever you are someplace, be there a hundred percent. Don't, yeah. don't be looking at your phone. Don't be thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. Be fully present because had Anthony and I not been fully present, well, we may not be having this conversation. So wherever no. you are, be there a hundred percent. I love that. And you know what? It's funny because I actually wrote to all the people in the breakout rooms and nobody else answered me but you. Wow. Now, see, who knows what could have happened with those other collaborations. And I've done that before in other groups yeah. and, you know, breakout sessions, whatever. Very, very, very few people actually take action, which is what Grant Cardone and Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins and all that say. All the successful people say you have got to take action and here's a prime example. I think there's like four or five of us in that room and yeah. just two of us are, are having a conversation. So <laughs> take action. Yeah. So uh, here we are, guys. So, Mark, um, I would like to go back in time. So usually my client, my clients, my guests, they speak about when they first were maybe teenage years. How did you discover that you wanted to do what you're doing now? Or was it like a transition from employees to coach because my the goal of my podcast is mainly to help people see that having a good transition a live transition from employees to entrepreneur is possible when you know to how to listen to yourself and surround yourself with the right people at the right time so let's go back in time i don't know which year it was and tell me about yeah just your, your background so we can start somewhere we have other questions from this point okay well i didn't become a Mr. Productivity until I was fired from my job in 2005. And a lot of people have asked me, how did you get into being so productive? Because obviously you have to be productive if you're going to be known as Mr. Productivity. And I spent some time thinking about it and I'm an only child and I was raised in a household where things were done at a certain time. So for example, when I came home from school, my mom wouldn't come home about five. I got home from about three 30 by the time she came home from work. I didn't have my homework done. The table had to be set for dinner. All my chores had to be done. So I was raised very structured. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I was not allowed to do whatever I wanted to do. I was raised structured. And I think because I was raised as a structured child from day one, I knew that in order to get to have a, a family, you know, whether I was a, a child or a father, you set up structure and everything seems to run smoother. And so I think when I became fired from my job in 2005 and I became uh, Mr. Productivity, I got that because I, well, I couldn't see I was productive. See, when you've been doing it for so long, yeah. someone else had to tell me, Hey, you're very, mm-hmm. you're really productive. Why don't you teach about productivity? And I remember saying to this person, I'm like, why would you say that? He goes, cause you always are so productive, always getting things done. And I think your true gift, you don't really know what it is until someone else points it out to you. Mm, I like that. And so at a time when you were at the job, did you have any sign that it was time for you to, so you got, you got fired. Okay. But was there any other emotional side to it? Like you, you knew you were ready for something else, something bigger, and maybe just life put you in a position to actually transition. I didn't like the job and I was scared of making the change. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I use is mama bird. Okay. So mama bird knew it was time for me to leave the nest. And so when I say mama bird, I don't mean my company. I mean, a higher power. I call him God. Yeah. The saying, Hey, okay, you're not going to do it on your own. I'm going to do it for you. And I got pushed out of the nest mm. and I had a choice then, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to cry and complain and, uh, you know, blame other people? Or am I going to get back up and dust myself off and continue on, uh, on my journey of life? And that's the path I chose. You know, it's interesting because I think, the way life or yeah, God send you the, these signs or these opportunities. If for people out there who are maybe between two, the more you resist, the bigger will be the push. So it's more painful actually to resist and it takes more energy to just stay where you are than actually if it's obvious that you need to go in a direction and you just refuse it. Trust me, God will just continue to push you until it's like, here's a cliff. You don't have any wings, just trust and fall and you will land on something beautiful down there. And chances are when you're pushed out of the nest, you're not going to die. Okay. You may, you know, bash your shin, you may twist your ankle, but you're going to be all right. The problem Mm -hmm. is people are scared of change. What if, what if, well, you can, what if you're yourself to the grave? And I said, you know, this is a great opportunity. And I would actually, if I ever saw my old boss again, I would thank him for firing me, which would really blow his mind because had I not been fired, I often think about this, Anthony, would I still be there? Would I still be at that company doing the same job that I Mm. loathe? I don't know because I, I, I don't have that ability to know that, but I am so glad I am where I am now. And, what was his old job? Uh, I don't remember. You told me exactly. I was an inventory control coordinator at a local hospital. Oh, so what were your like everyday look like? Any routine or oh. just nine to five? So in the warehouse, what happens with all the people in the main hospital would place these orders, you know, for God pads, syringes, you know, suits, whatever the case may be. And the people in the warehouse would go pick the orders for the mm-hmm. various departments. And I would have to reconcile. Oh, I hated doing that. The system said 20. We only have 18. 
where'd the other two go? And I'm like, I, I, how am I supposed to find out? Because <laughs> I am not the person that picked it. I'm not the person that ordered it. And I had to go out there and I had to recount and then go back and find out we had 20 at the beginning of the day. And now we're down two. did they miss pick it? And it was, to me, it was just like trying to run a marathon in quicksand. Uh. I mean, I know they needed the answers, but it's like, I just couldn't come up with the answers. There's just no way to come up with an answer because I wasn't the one that picked the item. And so did the guy pick two instead of one? I don't know because the warehouse I worked in was not near the hospital. So I did not have the ability to go to the hospital and go to their warehouse, their little mm -hmm. mini warehouse and find out what their inventory is. So it was an exercise in fertility in my opinion. Yeah. And how long did you do this the job? How many years? Uh, let me see. Four years. Yeah, just about four years. Four years. And did you have any emotional symptoms, maybe even physical symptoms, before getting fired? Because I, in my opinion, and from my perspective with other uh, guests and clients too, the body will give signals that when it's time for a change, like you can really, like have some pain, some some mystery aches, and anything that for you, like maybe like mentally or physically, that was telling you. Mark, it's time to to move, and you were you were just ah, uh, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. Just the body was speaking already. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, my my boss did not like me. He let me know really early in the game, like the first day I was hired there. I came in as a temporary person, then I was you know given a permanent employee. He was the type of guy. Now I right now I live in Houston, Texas. The job I was fired from was Houston, Texas, but I came from New York State. Now, it's a little bit different. The way we speak to each other is different up north than down south. Down south, if you're originally from down south, everything is yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, yes, sir, no, no, sir. Well, that's not the way we do things up in New York. It's like, yeah, yeah okay, okay, yeah, I'll get it. No, ma'ams, no, sirs. Well, he did not like the fact that I didn't call people sirs and ma'ams, and he let me know mm -hmm. that in the very beginning. And I had a very bad feeling in the very beginning that this was not going to be a good relationship and then as time went on i found out he was a stealer of ideas so i would bring an idea to him he would go no we're not going to do that it's not a good idea and then we'd have a, a meeting which would be the entire warehouse the sales staff the managers all the workers and the associate directors would come over from the main warehouse the main hospital complex and he goes i got this great idea no way and that would be, yeah, yes way. It'd be my idea. And, Jeez. and I made the mistake once of asking him about that. And he goes, you never suggested that. So I, I found out really early on what kind of person he really was. Mm. And my wife, when she met him the first time, she goes, there's a phrase over here in America that says the elevator doesn't go to the top floor. And mm. he was all about appearances yeah. And he wanted everybody to know that he was the manager of the warehouse. That was his number one priority. Got that it. You knew he was the boss. Now, you know this, Anthony. If you are a truly effective leader, you don't need to tell people you're the boss. Only mm. insecure people tell you that they're the boss. Mm. Absolutely. That's that's really good. Uh, good point. And uh, so, okay, you got kicked out. You got fired. This man told you, why don't you become a productivity coach? I guess it might have been very scary at the beginning to just be on your own. So how did you manage to 
start as a solopreneur and i know it's it's your niche also you're helping other solopreneurs with their businesses and productivity so as a beginner how did you figure everything out when you had nothing and just had to start from scratch i didn't i i literally called my wife because we have one car and i would mm -hmm. drop my wife off at work because our hours are the same and then i'd go to work and go pick her up and i told her so yeah i just got fired and i was probably angry for about a couple days Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll just figure something out. And the first thing I decided was to be a wedding and portrait photographer. Now we're going back to 2005. That was when we were going from film to digital. That's how long mm -hmm. ago this was film to digital. Yeah. And so I bought a bunch of gear, became a wedding and portrait photographer, learned really quickly that that's not what I wanted to do. I was not good at it. I didn't really? have the eye for it or the temperament, but, one thing that came out of that, I remember, Facebook was created in 2004, I think Twitter in 2006. So this is like really new in, yeah. in social media. So I'm like, okay, how do I promote my photography business? And I could either do direct mail or this Facebook thing. What's Facebook? <laughs> or I could go talk to a friend of mine in my Bible study class who was a professional speaker. And I'm like, hmm. Maybe I can go speak to groups who need photographers. And so I went to her and she told me how to become a speaker. And that kind of really got me excited about teaching and speaking and training with people that after a while I gave up the photography, but I kept the public speaking and the training going. And I decided I need to come up with a topic and a couple topics I came up with before productivity one was how to how to overcome roadblocks on your path to success note mm -hmm. to self if you're not successful don't tell people how to become successful the next thing i came up with was how to go from hopeless to hopeful i don't know what i was thinking when i came up with that so i had a coach at the time and i remember we're on a call and i was uncharacteristically not happy and he goes what's going on i said well you know i really like speaking i like going out and helping people but I don't know what my topic should be. And he just said, well, why don't you speak on productivity? And I remember saying to him, uh, why would you say that? I don't understand. He goes, because you're one of the most productive people I know. And the rest, as they say, is history. I became known as Mr. Productivity. And that's what I still do to this day. So you were speaking already about this topic. So when this guy told you this exactly, then you had this aha moment. Did you start to have like any public talk about it, public, uh, yeah, appearance or, because for me, it's like, this is a very interesting niche. I don't know many productivity coach necessarily. It's, I think it's quite a unique thing. And so it's an early market. It's 20, 20 uh, 2005. So no social media. How did you get known at the beginning? I didn't actually, I don't think I bought markstucheski.com until January, 2011. Because you oh. remember, I got fired in 2005. I yeah. think I was a wedding and portrait photographer. I want to think, I want to say maybe a year and a half, two years. I mean, I failed at it. I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> at all. You and, made money with, and, or not? Any that? money? Any uh, little money? Still, well, I made uh, some money, but yeah. it was it's a lot of work. When you're, man, mm. my heck was off to wedding photographers. I mean, it's a lot of work and it's an emotional drain because you're hired to capture 
their happiest day of their life. Yeah, and I did not like those stress because that sweet bride that comes to book you, she's nowhere to be found on wedding day, nowhere yeah. in the building. And I did not realize that I had the, I had unrealistic expectations. So I real I, I think the call I had with my coach was sometime during 2010. And even when he told me that I'm like, huh? I remember saying to myself, it, just because he said it, I didn't like immediately go and like launch my business and became, mm -hmm. you know, a Grant Cardone with millions of dollars. It's just yeah. I'm like productivity. What? And it <laughs> took me a while to start getting my stuff together because I didn't know. And so, like I said, January 2011 is when I actually launched my first website. Yeah. So after that, once you have like a couple of clients, did you work with more like word of mouth, more ref referrals, or you had some marketing, some digital stuff after that? I was doing webinars at the time. Webinars. And I was promoting my webinars, and I didn't do a very good job on webinars, but I was getting some people on the webinars. And I wasn't, at the time, I did not realize that just because 100 people sign up, maybe 30 people show up. Yeah. And maybe three people watch all the way to the end. It's the numbers are really crazy. Yeah. And that's why I very rarely do webinars anymore because you get really excited about I'll be signing up, but just because they sign up doesn't mean they're going to show up. I tried everything with webinars. I tried paid webinars. I tried to, if you sign up, like when I first launched it, it's free. Then it'll go up to $5, $10, $15. That didn't work either. But I did, I remember one webinar, I got a whole bunch of clients, about four or five clients, and I really, really undercharged. I think I charged $300 for four sessions. It was crazy. Mm. And I had some people that come, but I still didn't, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I was still trying to figure this thing out. I don't think I really figured this thing out until maybe uh, beginning of 2020. I mean, I was still trying oh, to wow. figure things out. I fell victim to what I call the three C's coaches, conferences, and courses. Um. And that's not the fault of those three C's. No, I didn't vet anybody. I was literally spending thousands of dollars on all these things. And I didn't even ask myself, what do I want? Can this person, can this course, can this course or this conference get me there? Yeah. I wasn't doing that. I just thought if I paid money to somebody, I would just magically be trained and become very successful. That wasn't the case. And I heard our, I heard our family's finances really bad because mm. I was just, spending money hand over fist yeah and do you think this was kind of a an addiction like to education to maybe escape that you didn't know no i don't think it was addiction i think more it was a desperation because mm -hmm. i really wanted to provide for my family yeah and i didn't know how to do it so i'm like oh maybe john maybe betty maybe sue and i'm just like spending all this money when i didn't take the step back and go okay first of all before i spend any more money what do I want to learn? What are my goals? That's one of the things I teach my clients. You know, people say, well, how do I plan? Well, you got to understand the why. Yeah. Why do you, you know, first of all, I have a goal and a why, then you start planning. Well, I didn't understand what my goals were. What did I want to do? Who was my target audience? What did I want to, you know, did I want to do X, Y, or Z? I had no idea. And so then I started reeling it back and going, okay, what, what are my goals? then I can go out and look for somebody. Once I got that in the right order, then everything started moving a lot better. And how do you help your clients 
find out their real goals because sometimes people have maybe they think they want something and it's January. I'm going to lose 30 pounds this, uh, this year or this month. And like, this is the fitness syndrome, like in beginning of the year, and then it, it falls flat. So how do you help them have authentic goals that matches, that match who they are? And as you know, they, they're going to stick true over the, over the, the months and year, if you work with them on the long term. Well, we have a discovery call mm -hmm. and on that discovery call, which is free is I asked them, okay, what do you want? Do, do are you serious? Are you serious like I am now, or are you serious like I was back in 2005 when you don't have a clue? And either either one's okay. But you got to come to some kind of acceptance and saying, okay, this is where I really am. Because a lot of people come to me and they have these vague goals. And I say, well, I don't deal with vagueness. I need to know specifically what you want. And what's amazing is... I'm known as Mr. Productivity, but no one has ever come to me and said, I want to be more productive. What they come to me is I am overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I am so overwhelmed with my to-do list or my calendar or my responsibilities or life, et cetera, et cetera. So the first thing I do with my clients at, when they hire me is we talk about clarity. And this is the most difficult call I have with my clients mm -hmm. because when you ask people what they want, there's the surface answer. And I really start digging. I get my back hole out and we really start digging. Like, what do you really want? Well, that's what I want. No, that's surface. I want you to go really, really deep. What do you want? And then they start, then they go to the next level. And it's kind of like, well, I'd like to be debt free and I'd like to have a new car and like to buy a house with my parents. No, no, I gotta go deeper. And it's really painful, but you gotta understand your why. What do you really want out of life and why do you want it? Because if you don't understand that, you're going to be really truncating your growth because you're just going to be operating at a surface level. Yeah. And usually how many uh, layers is there before you hit something very powerful? Is it like five, seven, or it really depends on the person? It depends on the person. Some people yeah. come in. If someone has gone through other coaches before or other training, they tend to get to it quickly. Sometimes, not all the time, mm -hmm. but some people have never invested in the coast before there. They don't know what, they're like, I don't know. So what I try to do is once they hire me, I will send them an email and say, okay, before you book your first session, here are some questions I want you to think about. I'll, I'll, based on the discovery call that I have with them, I said, think about these questions because you only get six calls with me in my 90 days to busting you over mm -hmm. one program. And I don't want to waste a call you know, going through stuff that you can work through on your own. Got it. Yeah. Once you get a somewhat focused picture, then you bring that to me and then the calls are going to go further. But if we're just going to spend all the time digging in the calls, you're not going to get as much out of it. Had you done the work ahead of time. So like whenever I invest a coach, I always like, I'm always prepared. Mm -hmm. So when I show up for a call, I've got questions written down and all these things. So we can get the most out of our call. Yeah. And 
how do you keep them accountable between sessions? Because I think that's maybe one thing that when people buy coaching, they they can be excited during the call. They can, oh, that's a great session. Thank you so much, Mark. And then 10 days go go by or whatever the, the amount of days between the sessions. And then maybe you don't feel as excited or motivated. So how do you keep that consistent over time? What I try to do is get their mobile number mm-hmm. or their cell number, depending on what part of the world you're in. And I will text them because people go, how do you text all your clients? I'm one person. I can only have so many clients a month. So I'm not talking like thousands of people. And I will reach out to you. And I'm like, how's it going? Or I even tell them on the call, even better, if you reach out to me and says, hey, had a great day. I did X, Y, and Z. See, if I reach mm-hmm. out to you, then you're reacting. But if you reach out to me, now you're being proactive. I'm like, okay, yeah, I did these things that said I was going to do, or I, I did two of the three things. I'm struggling with the third thing. Can you give me some feedback on this? So I always encourage people, when you invest in me as a coach, it's not just the, the, the six calls. I, I prefer not to do email because email is like so crazy, but I will reply to text messages. So mm-hmm. I said, text me. Let me know how you're doing. The sad part about this, Anthony, is a lot of people don't do it. Mm, and mm. I will wait maybe two or three days and text them. Sometimes yeah. they reply. Sometimes they don't. And I tell them, I said, look, what's you, how much you get out of this coaching relationship depends on how much you put into it. So if you're just going to think you're just going to show up for the calls once a week or once every other week, and you're just going to phone it in, well, you're going to get really sad at the end of the, the relationship and go, I didn't get a lot out of it. And I'm like, well, you know, what did you do between calls? <laughs> what and did you most give in exchange? Time, yeah. Yeah. And what happens is most people become very embarrassed. And so I've had people like halfway through the relationship, they just stop showing up. They don't book calls. I don't you. hear from them anymore. And I won't chase you down. If you quit, I will reach out to you a couple of times. I'm not going to chase down to you like every day, every week, for, yeah. because obviously you've given up. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of clients do that. They pay me a lot of money and they went to one session, never heard from them again. I'm like, really? that's really weird, but wow, they just gave up. Now. I don't know if, you know, I don't, I don't know where they had lived and they, they could have died. They could have gotten abducted by aliens. I don't know, but they never reached out to me and I'm not going to, Thank you because I've invested in other coaches. And if I didn't show up for a call, they don't, they just say, okay, you skipped the call. It's a no show. You lost the call. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't have the luxury of tracing down every client. And I will encourage anybody, even if you have one client, don't do anything that one client that you wouldn't do if you had a hundred clients, because mm, what happens, you're setting true. unrealistic expectations. So yeah. if like, if you're going to handhold the one client, and then you get 10 clients. Well, I can't do it anymore. Well, the first client can go, wait a minute, what happened? So yeah. you set standards. your expectations and stick with them no matter how many clients you have. Yeah, that's that's very nice, man. Thank you for saying that. It's like if and if you want to scale, especially like because now, OK, you're alone and I'm also a solopreneur right now. But if we think about the future and if we're going to hire people and have systems, then, of course, you have to keep in mind. I want to keep my standards as high or even higher in the future and re- increase my standards and have world-class um, quality yep. like Grant is offering to us. Like Grant is one man with an amazing team and you feel 
taken care of by his company because they're trained like Spartans to be just like the customer service and the efficiency and quality. So I think what you're saying is like for anybody who's out there and maybe is thinking about becoming a coach in something or consultants, be careful how you start. And because if you take too much and I think, you know what, <laughs> I've done this mistake too. You maybe you, you promise many things and then you realize it's unrealistic for a while. And then you're mm -hmm. like, OMG, now what? And uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you drop and like, yeah, it can become a very problematic situation. And most people, they're doing it from a kind heart. Yeah. And when you have one or two clients, you can deliver more. But now those one or two clients become 10, 15, 20 clients. Now you're like, oh, crud, I can't do this all this, the way I used to. So set that bar now. Or maybe if you're going to do it, like I don't recommend this, but let's say you're going to coddle one or two clients. But then you get the third client. Now you don't tell the third client what you're doing with the first two because eventually they're going to they're gonna roll off and go with someone else. But you make sure you have every time someone signs on with your coaching, you set very specific expectations every once in a while like and, and inevitably after i do this podcast with you i'll go back and look at my expectations just to make sure okay are these expectations still valid see a lot mm -hmm. of people set the expect if they set expectations they set them once but whenever i'm reminded like doing a show like this i'm like huh when i'm done here i'm gonna go back and check my expectations just to make sure Chances are there's nothing needs to be changed, but whenever you get prompted, go back and check. It doesn't take that long, but what if you go back to and go, oh, wow. Oh man, I'm glad I checked this. Now you're being proactive instead of reactive. So speaking about that, what do you keep around you every day, like on your desk or in your clothes, working office? Uh, because I think it's very important to, uh, when you're surrounded by your tools and what's most important to you, you're constantly reminded of them like every day and some people and this is back from 10x also to write goals every day compared to once a year um, what else is around you if i go in your office and i look around and you're mr productivity what can i see that is maybe interesting to know for our audience well i'm not a hard and fast person of having all these motivational things i mean i used to wear the the, the grant cardone bracelets I found out I wasn't even looking at them. So for me, it's more of a discipline. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of my work, I love working from home because I have where my kitchen is, it overlooks the street. So that's where our kitchen table is. And I do most of my work out there unless I'm doing a podcast interview mm -hmm. because I like seeing outside and seeing the sun and the trees and the dogs walking by and stuff like that. So for me, it, it's not a specific thing. Like I have this these tokens that remind me to be productive. I think it's because that's just the way I am. So I can walk from one end of the house and the back of the house, you know, go to the restroom and come back and I won't be distracted. But now if that's not you, if you are easily distracted, then only have stuff that's going to encourage you during the day. And I think this is a really important point to make. You've got to take what I'm saying and what you've learned from Anthony and figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. There's no magic. There's no magic point. Like uh, Grant Cardone talks about he, he works in 15 minute increments. That doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like working that matter of fact, I don't even schedule as much as most people think I do. 
I schedule things like podcast interviews and coaching yeah. clients and training. I want to attend, but what I do is I learned from grant is I set targets for the day. Mm -hmm. So those targets, like one of my targets every day is I send 30 emails out to my, uh, my cold email list. This is not on my email, my email newsletter. This, this is cold emails. I found I'm just sending people value. Yeah. I send 30 of those every day. I could do this at nine o'clock in the morning. I do it at four o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to do them in a certain period of time. Just like I make two short videos every day for social media. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do those at like 10 o'clock or four o'clock. I can fit them in wherever. So that's the way I run my schedule, but I'm very disciplined when it comes to getting things done, but that may not work for you or your listeners. So if it yeah. doesn't work for you, if you need to schedule in 15 minute in increments or 30 minute increments, so you stay on task, then you do it. But I can tell you for me, all I need is the targets. I, I list anywhere from, you know, five to eight targets. And then I go, okay, five to eight targets. As long as I get these done at some point today, like, like one of my targets every day is to watch a video on Cardone You doesn't yeah. matter when I watch the video. I don't need to put that in my calendar as long as it gets done before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. So for me, just writing targets out for the day. And by the way, these targets are should mainly be needle moving activities. So don't put on your target that you took a shower. Don't put on your target. Uh, you got dressed. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. That's the to-do list. What I'm talking about is what are the things you need to do today that is going to move the needle even 1% towards your goals? Yeah, exactly. Totally agree with you, man. That's so important. And I'm personally, I like to do 30 minutes increments. So we're a bit different on that. So I have my uh, my planner. And in the morning, I, I think, okay, 6 to 9, 9 to 12. And sometimes I have to think hard because... It's a lot of 30 minutes in a day. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I have sometimes like I will have some, I would say lazy days because this is like lazy full day. I just cannot feel that. It's, <laughs> it feels horrible. But like, for example, today, last, um, tonight, my evening was not super productive because of my emotions. And this is also a factor. Maybe we can speak about this in a second. Your emotions can affect your productivity because if you want to do something and then I don't know, you receive a call, a text, and it distracts you, and then your mood shift. Then even if you have targets for the day, you're like, I don't care about this now. How do you bounce back from that if you can? Well, I just want to speak real quickly about, you know, you use Grant's uh, 10X Planner. I stopped using it because my problem was the planner side. Mm -hmm. Because what I was finding I was doing is I was trying to fill it up. Because he says, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Yeah. But that was... <laughs> throwing any crap on there and it's like it really didn't matter so <laughs> now what cheese. i did it i went out and bought a uh, i don't have it with me I, I went out and bought a planner from amazon it's just a ruled notebook uh -huh. and i took some of what his has like the goals and the targets and anything i have to do like a podcast interview i put on my actual calendar on my iphone yeah. but this way i'm like i really think really big on the targets and I don't worry about putting the planner because like as I alluded earlier, it doesn't matter when I get the stuff done. Yeah. I mean, this interview happened at this time. The other stuff doesn't matter. And so that's what works for me. I want the listener to understand it. You need to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Take what Anthony says. Take what I say. Take what Grant says. And like, okay, this is like uh, going to a, a buffet. I'll take a little from Anthony, a little from Mark, a little from Grant, a little from Tony Robbins, whatever. 
there's no perfect plan in the world. You need to figure out what works for you. That's really important. Now, I do apologize. I forgot what your question was because I wanted to talk the, yeah, about the, the planner. The question is, uh, was if you receive live throws at you a, a distraction and you get like, I don't know, a text, a phone call and or something, I don't know, a bill, something, a bad news. And then you don't want to lose your full productivity mm -hmm. for the full day, but you feel in the rut in the moment. Do you have any, any steps to snap back out of it? Yeah. First of all, extend yourself grace. You got hit between the eyes of the two by four and you're stunned. You need to extend yourself grace. <laughs> you need to stop. So I encourage people to do is maybe you get up because we're all sitting behind our computers these days. Yeah. Go outside, maybe go for a short walk. If you got mm -hmm. a dog, take your dog for a walk, maybe do some deep breathing. Don't be on your phone. Don't talk to anyone. Don't think about anything and just allow your brain to process. See what happens is we're working, we're working, we're working. Then we get that text, we get that email, we get that phone call, whatever. And and we're stunned. And when we're in stunned or we're shocked, our brains are like going, um, what just happened? And yeah. if you just keep trying to work, your brain is trying to do what you want to do and trying to process. That's why I always tell people just get away for a little quietness, two, three, four, five minutes and just be quiet and let your brain go. Okay. Um, got a bill unexpected, but you know what? It's not due today. I don't have to pay for it right now, or maybe it is due today, but look, I don't have the money. So it's a Saturday. I can't call anybody. I'll call Monday and just put things into perspective. Mm. Okay. Maybe you got a bad text from somebody who just said, you know, I listened to your episode with Mark and I think Anthony, you did a horrible job interviewing him. Just go, you know what? Who cares? You know, <laughs> I, I, I've had people like that. I mean, we talked yeah. earlier today, really? uh, right yeah. before you, I interviewed somebody and for my podcast and there were so many ums, you knows, and so's I started editing. I did three edits in six seconds. I'm like, I text them. I said, uh, can't use your podcast. I, I can't spend six hours editing the show, you know? And he goes, well, he was understandable. He goes, Oh yeah, I get that. Some other else I had to do that like three years ago. Someone else, they got really mad at me. I wasted my time. And I'm like, yeah, but, I, you know, it's free. I can't spend six hours cleaning up your ums and nose and stuff like that happens. Like I got, I got blocked on LinkedIn. My first time that I know of, I already got blocked on LinkedIn the, uh, last week. And what happened was I've got this new lead magnet, which I'll tell the listener about at the end. And I sent them a text, a personalized DM. Mm -hmm. And you know, on LinkedIn, when you put a URL, it automatically puts the, the, the preview. Yeah. And now this person was a first degree connection. And she said, you just got yourself blocked. And at first I got really hurt. Then I got angry. And I'm like, like Grant says, if you don't have haters, if you don't have people blocking you, if you don't have people unsubscribing you, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. The, the critics is going to come at, at any point. Yeah. And I know with your experience, with your podcast and everything, if you're not ready to, to take the heat from somebody else, then you will always criticize yourself internally. And that's, I learned from my mentor, Dr. Martini. he's speaking about this, the, the duality of your environment. If you, as you grow as a leader and as an entrepreneur, let people 
say bad things about you so that you don't have to judge yourself so bad about being a small person. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? Makes sense. I, I like it because the way Grant talks about it, he says your haters can be your biggest fans because your haters go around saying, oh, I hear what Anthony did. Anthony said this, Anthony this. And people are like, oh, who's Anthony? Let me go check him out. And all of a sudden now he's following Anthony because you dread bad him. He goes, you don't hate the haters. Embrace the haters. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's a that's a very interesting way of thinking about haters because people have uns I used to get upset when people unsubscribe from my email list. And I'm like, I don't I, I get joyful of that now because that's one less person that's gonna hear my message. I used to get really insulted, like they intentionally woke up that day with the intention of hurting me. They didn't, they just go, you know what? I'm not getting anything out of this guy. Too many emails, yeah. That it's okay, but you got to understand that if you look at all the really big people on social media with millions of followers, they have a lot of haters. The more mm-hmm. followers you have, the more haters you're going to have. It's just yeah. the way it is. The more famous you are, the more people are going to be jealous, envious, yeah. or negative about you because you have something they don't have. Now, I'm not like that. I look at Grant and I'm like, man, I want my own private plane. Man, I want a I want a forty million dollar lake lakefront property. Not a people that well, why don't you give money to the poor? Why should you all the money for? I'm like, I don't look do at both. it like that. I'm looking at like this guy almost died by being beaten to death by his drug dealer, and now he owns a private plane and two thirty million dollar properties paid cash for, and he's got this mega empire, the ten x moving empire. And the guy's a really nice guy. He's been on TV shows. He, he, he inspires me because he came from near death to what he is now. But some people are envious and jealous of him and they're hating him. Like, why? You could do the same thing. But what you're doing is you're wasting all your energy hating on him. Well, you think hating is going to get you a private plane? You think hating on is going to get him get you a 10x uh, sized empire? It's not. It's going to make you little. So I think you should embrace the haters. Yeah, I love that, man. It's very powerful. And I'm watching right now uh, Undercover Billionaire of two years oh, ago. Yes, with him? Man, this is changing my perspective. Like to see him with nothing, how he's coming up, it's so inspiring to me who's maybe like i'm starting out maybe it's a bit more difficult financially and you just try to hustle and to see him going through and he's very emotional in the in the show yeah he mm-hmm. misses his family and covid happened at the same time people saying no to him many times you just see like any great will have to go through this gauntlet so many times and and we're here in this comfortable society with like our technologies and People have their little jobs and then they go home, they watch Netflix and they drink a beer and they start over again. There is way more to life than that. And if you can find this silver lining, if you can go inside and ask yourself, as you said, what do you want really? And you go in silence and you ask yourself and you ignore the teacher, the the mom and dads and anybody who said, this is not realistic. You will never be an actor, for example. You will never be this, never be that. If you want to do it, go and at least try it. And maybe it's not for you. For example, I wanted to be an actor and a DJ uh, when I was like 20 something. And it it was not for me. I did a a training for five months full time. And I realized I prefer to play myself as a character, to be myself than being (laughs) somebody else my whole life. 
you know, you know, you know it's it, interesting. I, I really admire about Grant is that he doesn't hide anything. Yeah. So he's a, he's a, he's a Scientologist and he's really big into Scientology right now. The only reference point I ever had with Scientology was Leah Remini in her special on A&E, but I kept hearing Grant talk about, you know, Scientology. So I bought some of L. Ron Hubbard's books and I started reading Scientology. And some people go, what are you, Scientologists now? I'm like, no, I just wanted to learn about this because I didn't know anything about it. See, that yeah. I did a video on this a couple, couple months ago. If you don't understand something, I don't care if it's the Bible, the Quran, Scientology, whatever. Go learn about it. Don't, don't let your opinion be the opinion of somebody else. Go get the books and mm -hmm. go, oh, I don't agree with it. Or I do agree with it. But too many people, Anthony, and I'm sure you see this all the time, their opinion is just someone else's opinion. And you ask them, oh, what do you know about Scientology? Oh, it's a cult. How do you know that? Oh, I heard it from so-and-so. Wait, wait, wait. So yeah. you don't know? Uh, you don't no. Know. So here's an idea. Why don't you go do some research? And I don't mean on the research that Scientology is a cult.com. If that is your <laughs> real website, you go do your research and it's not just Scientology. It's anything. So many people, they don't want to take the time. And this really, really unnerves me is when people have an opinion and they've not done any research on that topic at all. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, you shouldn't eat organic. Organic's a big scam. Cause I only, I eat mostly organic food, but the people telling me organic's a scam. They've done no research on it. Zero. So I'm like, so I asked him, have you done any research on organic? I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you because what you say doesn't mean anything to me because you've not done the research. Now, mm -hmm. if you've done the research, you go, yeah, I read these papers, this book. Okay, now we're going to have a conversation. So yeah. I don't care what the topic is. One of the things that really burns me, and I'll get off my soapbox just a second, Anthony, is when people are given opinions, but they're just someone else's opinion, go do your research and then come back and give me your opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also think it's a it's a lack of curiosity in general, because if you're used to always consume quick media, quick Instagram, quick Facebook or yep. clips and people attention span is so, so short with TikTok and all that stuff, like you lose the desire to just go deeper on Wikipedia and read a 10 page yep. article or like you go on medium.com and it's written like 15 minute read and like it's too long. I will never read this. Well, <laughs> if it's something that you like or that you're curious about, why not? Like, I just made a podcast this afternoon with a, a French guy, Sebastien from 10X2. We read a book together for the last month, The Culture Code. And we will make one a month a podcast on a book we read together, 300 pages, to share ideas and teach people. That requires commitment, time, yep. dedication, integration, taking notes, teaching it. It's difficult but it's so rewarding compared to just reading an Instagram post. Yeah. I think people who have open minds are better members of society. So I had a guest on my show a couple of years ago and I, I wish I remember the URL they had, but Oh, end it for good. That's what it, the whole thing was about. End it for good. It's about drug abuse and a drug addiction. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, Hey, you know, if you're in the drugs, throw you in prison, throw the keys away. And the author of the book was saying, Hey, that was a different way. way. <laughs> so you know what? I read the book and I'm like, wow, I'd never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. Had I had a closed mind, I would have like, nope, nope, just throw everybody in jail. Nope, just throw them in jail. They're all worthless. No, they're not worthless. I read the book that was gifted to me. 
and it changed my way of thinking. Now, I'm not going to say that every time someone says, hey, I, I believe that you shouldn't drink water. Here's a book and I'm going to change my mind. But I'm saying <laughs> have an open mind and go, yeah. huh, let me read about the topic. OK, and but I go back to what I said before. Don't let someone else's opinion be your opinion. Go do your research or like you're, you're doing with this guy, read a book. And y'all may not agree with every book, but at it's least okay. you're reading the book and going, you know what? We agree with this. We didn't agree with that. That's how you have a dialogue. And that's how you become a well-rounded human being. But if you just go and, well, I was raised this way. Well, that was 57 years ago, dude. I mean, th things have changed. <laughs> I mean, I may not agree with everything that's going on in the world right now, but the fact is it's going on in the world right now. Yeah. So I can't say, well, you know, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised, Anthony. I literally, this is how sheltered I lived when I was a kid. Up until I think I was 14 or 15 years old, I thought everybody in the world went to their father's mother's or father's parents' house for Christmas Eve and their mother's parents' house for Christmas Day because that's what we did every year. Then I moved out on my own when I was 18. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because I would, that's the way we always did things. But now my horizons are open. Oh, you mean not everyone goes to church? You mean not everyone believes in, in Jesus? Oh, and it's we're all human beings. We all get to make our own decisions. But if you have a closed mind and go, look at this, the way I was raised, and I'm sure you know people like this, they're 60 years old and doing the same thing they did when they're 10. Yeah. Open your mind. Experience new things. Yeah. I have a funny story about that. It was in a book. I don't remember which one. But the woman was... So it was for Christmas also, like nice connection. And she was always cutting the turkey, the top part and the bottom part. You know the yes. story? Yes. Yeah. All right. So she was cutting the both the slice. And then like somebody asked her, why are you cutting the two parts? Oh, because my mother was doing the same. And then we asked the mother and the mother, the grandmother was doing the same. And why she was doing that? Because the oven was too small. Yeah. But now they had this big conventional modern oven and just like losing a piece of the meat just because the grandmother was doing the same back in the in the 50s yep. <laughs> it's yeah. quite funny yeah but people live that way now and it's like one of the things i deal with my clients and they're like yeah we're doing this this and this i'm like why are you doing this i'm like well we've always done it that way i, I understand that but doesn't need to be done now and some people they have this puzzled look on their face I'm like, are you really doing something that doesn't need to be done anymore because you've always done it before? And because that is such a huge paradigm shift, people are like, they, they can't imagine not doing this thing because they've been so programmed to do this. And I'm like, okay, you should take an inventory. Does this need to be done? Like I heard one, one person was telling me they always do this report. Well, I said, don't you have a computer software CRM or something? Oh yeah, it'll do it for us. But I, we have a, we have a, a spreadsheet set up. I'm like, but you just told me your software will do it for you, like with a push <laughs> a button. But they were so ingrained to doing yeah. it because they've done it for so many years. Yeah, before there were spreadsheets and computers, and you just had like stone tablets. Yeah, maybe you had to do it that way. But when you have a <laughs> computer, dumb. you just go push a button and it runs the report. Why are you doing it? And and we had I had to talk to her about 10, 15 minutes on that call, and she's like. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Think about what else you could be doing instead of doing this report that the computer would Every do. Day for but what year, happens yeah. we get in these ruts. We get in these ruts. We do the same thing day after day after day, year after year after year. 
And then it takes someone like you or me to go, Hey, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you scrubbing your doing your laundry out the rock at the stream when you have a washing machine? Oh, my mom always did it. My grandma always did it. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> so sometimes people need us to come along and question it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> you're very funny. I like your humor. It's very like direct. And I see these images. Um, next thing I want to speak about if somebody like they want to change, they want to have a new life, but maybe they're not in touch with their curiosity and maybe they're like, okay, I could read a book. I could watch a movie. How can you help people to discover what is truly important to them? Is it, is there any sort of questions to help them? Is it all how to be in the flow? I lose track of time. I have more energy doing it. Like what are the cues to say to people like they want to change their career or even just do a new hobby, but maybe they're, mm, should I do it? Not do it. How to make the step and say, this feels good to me. Is there any set of questions you can ask as a, as a coach to help them discover this? Or it has to be fully independent. I always tell people you need to get a notebook. You need to get some writing instruments and maybe a bottle of water, go someplace quiet, uh, have your phone on do not disturb or turn your phone off and just right at the top. What do I want to do with my life or what do I want my legacy to be in my life? Mm, and question. just write and just write and write and write and write and write and write and just keep on writing. And then when you run out of things to write, you're going to come to a, a point where you think you got everything written. This is where the magic happens. Mm hmm. So you wait maybe 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, you're going to start having thoughts that are coming from deep in your subconscious mind that you haven't thought about in years. And as you keep writing, going paper through page after page after page, all of a sudden, you're going to start thinking, seeing things pop off the page. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I love that. Because you got, you took the time and you got quiet. See, we don't spend a lot of time getting quiet anymore. We're always go, 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 go. We're not go, go, go. We're on, we're on social media. We're, we're watching a video. We're always doing something. Audience member, when's the last time you were quiet? Because I don't know about you. I get a lot of my thoughts when I'm in the shower mm -hmm. or if I go out for my daily run and don't wear headphones. Yeah. I have so many ideas coming to my head because Incredible. now your brain doesn't have to listen to a podcast, an audiobook, to music. Now it's like, wow, it's like they come up with all these ideas. So you got to get quiet, though. And I, I encourage people, anytime anybody says to me, oh, I can't come up with any great ideas. I'm like, the first question I ask them is, when's the last time you were silent? They're like, what? What's I got to do anything about it? Because you're always going. Just get quiet. Not for 30 seconds. I mean, go someplace quiet. Go underneath, the, if it's hot out, underneath some trees. where you get a nice breeze coming, maybe by the lake. And just, even if you don't write anything for 15, 20 minutes, if you're just quiet, don't be on your phone. Don't talk to anyone. You're going to start, your brain's going to start giving you ideas. Yeah. Like, wow. But you can't, you got to be quiet. And in this world, as you know, Anthony, 24-7, 365, we're always being bombarded with stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, if the brain is always processing all these things, how can the brain give you ideas? It's too busy sorting through all the stuff you're consuming. That's so true. I, you know, 
it's funny because in my different episodes, I have many guests and I see connections now. And yesterday I had a call to prepare a podcast coming soon. And my friend was telling me about this silence exactly when you go for a walk and the human body is made to walk certain kilometers per day. And I was asking him, I was asking him, do you listen to audiobooks? And he said, I want to listen to Gaia, the goddess, the earth. I think it was 2.3 billion years of wisdom on this planet with the animals, with the trees, with the lakes, with the mountains. This is more powerful than any audiobook you can listen. I'm not saying to never listen to audiobooks. You can have a time that you go for a walk and you listen. But at least, I would say every day, have some 15, 30, 45 minutes of silent walk, observing around you, seeing inspiration around you. I personally, I like to, when I see like babies in strollers, when I see animals, uh, when I see, when I listen to birds, when I watch, I see flowers blossoming, little things. But these little, these little things, it's all beauty. It's all a, a divine intelligence controlling all of that. And you're like, I'm one of the, I'm a human, I'm alive, but all these people and animals and plants are alive too. And who's controlling that? And it just, it blow my mind to see like this perfection. And it's very hard to not be grateful when you see that and you observe and you take your time to just be in silence with this universe. And then my friend, the ideas will just flow. I could speak with, I could have an interview with him. I could reach out yep. to this person. Man, in, in 24 hours, I had this like yesterday. I did two walks in two days this way without music. Amazing ideas came out to me. Amazing. So I'm like, what was I doing before? Judging my street? This is, my street is boring. <laughs> I, I don't even know my neighborhood, man. Can you imagine? It was, I, I discovered new parks in my own neighborhood, literally 10 minutes away. Like, I, I, I laugh no because... I laugh because right now it's it's Wednesday afternoon. It is it's really hot here in Houston. Uh, I don't see what the temperature is here. Um, it's it's on the warm side. It's something to tell me it's going to fail. Oh, 91 degrees right now, mm -hmm. and I, I go running it at 6:30 in the morning, and uh, I'm not going to go for a walk when it's 90 degrees outside. It's hot, <laughs> and that's that's Fahrenheit. That's not Celsius, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm Celsius I'm would be something else. Yeah, I mean, now between the end of September and the end of April, yeah, I'll go for a lot of walks during the day, but it's so hot and humid outside right now. Uh, but I do run every day and I'm trying to go like I just finished an audiobook this morning. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to probably go. It's called Running Naked when you don't have your headphones on. It's called Running Naked. And I like doing that because you can hear the birds chirping, you can hear the wind blowing to the trees. Uh, when people pass you, you can hear them say good morning to you. It's it's really nice. I just it just encourage people just to get quiet. I mean, if you get nothing else out of this entire conversation, just spend time being quiet. I mean, it's it it it's going to be the greatest gift. And if you can't get out of the house, then just be quiet. Just turn everything off. Go to another room in your house and just be quiet for five minutes. Just quiet for five minutes will be a tremendous gift. Uh, you don't always need to be checking on social media or sending an email or reading your texts. It can wait. You need to spend time being quiet. Yeah. How do you make the, um, the balance between 
being proactive and being receptive to what life sends you as challenges, opportunities, blessing, crisis? Like, how do you find this? Because for me, I realize you can be always, you can be proactive and have 10x actions, but if you're not aligned with this universe, then you can be just busy doing busy stuff, but you're not really productive. So how can we have the combination of I'm receiving, but I'm also taking action forward? I always tell people you can be busy being productive, but just because you're busy doesn't mean you're being productive. Mm -hmm. Let marinate in that for a little bit. I, I think it goes back to what I said before. You have to be open-minded. If you have a closed mind and you go, I only do things in this order at this time in this place and with this equipment, well, you're going to struggle anytime life throws anything at you. And I got news for you. Life is going to throw things at you every day for the rest of your life. And if you have such a closed mind, then something happens, you're going to have trouble receiving it. Or if someone says something you don't agree with, you're going to react in anger. But if you have an open mind, then you're like, oh, okay, well, this is something different. Let me, how do I navigate this? I think it comes back to mindset. I know mindset's a big buzzword in this day and age, but I really think it matters. You, you, People who are open-minded are more productive. They're happier. They deal with stress much better. But people who are closed-minded, if it doesn't fit in their box, they're rattled. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen to you today, tomorrow, next week, next year. I have no idea. But I just want you to be malleable. I want you to be, hey, if something happens, I can take it. But if you're stiff and someone hits you, you're going to be having anger. I mean, having um, an issue. I mean, if you go out in the fields and you have those high weeds and when the wind blows, they, they, they sway back and forth. Right. That's why, like I live where hurricanes happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Trees are designed down here. They're, they were created that a lot of trees don't fall down because they're designed to sway back and forth. Not, not mm -hmm. certainly not all of them, but are, are you stuck in your ways or can the wind blow you different ways and you're still going to be there? It really makes a big difference. And people don't think, ah, oh, mindset, it's, ah, uh, it's all, it's all, you know, it's not really relevant. It is relevant because you've got to understand that how you approach life matters. Yeah. And how to become more adaptable to distress? Because I think most people will receive these blows in, in the head and maybe they will get dropped and, you speak about this metaphor of being like a soft tree. And I, I really like this, this, uh, this image. I, I really re agree with that too. So how can we become more adaptable? Maybe not overnight, but over time. I think you have to choose every day that you're going to be open-minded instead of closed-minded. You have to make a conscious choice. So I wake up every day. I'm like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. I'm like the little boy in me who used to wake up every day, uh, every Christmas day, to find out what Santa Claus brought me for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I still wake up every day that way. Oh. I, it doesn't happen. I, I choose to be that day. Even if I'm not feeling good or I got body aches or something, I choose to be happy. You can't hope that, oh, I'm going to be a swaying tree that's just going to deal. You, you can't do that. You've got to say, okay, I had a situation happen. I didn't react to it well. What can I learn from this? Okay, so next time you get a little better. 
and then you go backwards and you go two step forward and you go backwards one step. So you got to choose every day that you're going to have an open mind. It's just like Bob, I heard Bob Hope woke up, wake, used to wake up every day and say, what can I do today to promote Bob Hope? You got to wake up every day and say, okay, what do I have to do today to have the best day I've ever had? Hmm. If you, if you hope it's going to happen, I'm sorry to tell you, dear listener, you're going to be sadly, sadly let down. You have to go out and get your good day. You have to go mm. out there and get your attitude. You can't just hope that you wake up happy because you're going to wake up and all of a sudden maybe the power went out or maybe the, the boiler or the, the hot water tank died or something happens. Things are going to happen every day. You can't you say, oh, man, it's a beautiful day. I'd say nothing bad's going to happen. Mm. I mean, we're recording this on July 27th. There was a 7.1 magnitude earthquake in Philippines. Do you think those people went to bed last night thinking there's going to be a 7.1 magnitude hurt, uh, earthquake? No. You don't know when these things are going to happen in your life, and that's why you have to wake up every day excited for the day. I know people who are have terminal cancer, and they're going to die this year, who are so radiant and so happy and so loving and so joyful. And I know people get a paper cut and act like they're dying. They're like, what? It's like, you know, you have to choose. And I hope if I ever get terminal cancer or something like that, I hope I do have a happy attitude because if I'm yeah. dying of cancer and I'm miserable, is that how I want people to remember my last days? No. Or do I want them to go, man, Mark had cancer and he was in so much pain, but every time I went to see him, he was so happy. I'd rather leave people thinking that way than being yeah. miserable. But you yeah. know, Anthony, those people who are miserable right now. There's not a thing wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. This is very, very powerful stuff, you know. Um, what I wanted to say after, after that, so now we're, we're close to the end. It's uh, already past an hour. And sounds ominous. We're close to the end. <laughs> you're close to the end. So today was supposed to be a, a crisis beginning for any economy, according to certain sources. I had a conspiracy conversation today at 2 p.m. There will be a crash. Where is the crash? I'm waiting for the crash. It's kind of like the Mayan this... calendars. Remember a couple of years yeah, ago, yeah. Oh they thought God. the world's going to end because their calendar stopped. Hey, we're still here. December 21st, <laughs> the Mayans are coming. Yeah. <laughs> So, to, uh, yeah, before my last question, I want to speak a couple of minutes about the importance. So your family, so you're married. How to have um, a partner, wife or husband, which is on the same boat as you in terms of productivity, in terms of long term vision, because I know most people in general don't have. I'm not saying like extremely supportive and just positive. This doesn't exist. We learn from challenge and from uh, having a different partner that because if both were, were the same, then one of them would not be necessary. Yeah. So if you have a partner, significant other, but you're not exactly on the same wave, wavelength for the, for the bigger goals, how can you just tune it up? So it's going to be more in a synchronicity. Just communication. You got, you got to talk to them. I mean, my wife and I have been married 19 years. Mm -hmm. And we're not on the same plane. Guess what? We're human beings. Mm -hmm. We have good, we have days when we're close and days when we're not close. We're human beings. Whenever someone goes, Oh, me and my, my spouse, we never fight. 
I'm like, yeah, you're doomed for failure because you're humans. <laughs> you're going to fight. My wife and I, we don't agree on everything. I wouldn't trade her for anything in the world because she's my biggest champion. She believes in what I'm doing. And there are a lot of the years when she was the only breadwinner in the family. Mm. But it's not about the money. You got to have someone who's going to be there for you all the time. And we have open communication. We talk about things all the time. Yeah, we fight. If you don't fight, you got a problem. If you don't disagree, you got a problem because you're human beings. Things are going to happen. And, and if you're not like, remember I told you, you got to have an open mind. Things happen. And if I, if I, if I was stuck in my way and she was stuck in her way, we probably would never got married. So what happens when you get married, you have compromises. Yeah. I don't always get my way. I want my way all the time because I tend to be selfish when it comes to that. <laughs> but the reality is you need to be able to communicate with people. And because you don't want to live with regrets. But I have made some mistakes with my wife. And, you know, my wife and I, we have different love languages. Mine <laughs> is gifts. I love gifts, presents. Give me presents. My wife's is time. She just wants my time. And I'm like, you can't buy that from Amazon. Okay. You have to spend time <laughs> with the person. So you got to get to know the person. What does your, your friend, your spouse, your, your lover, your partner, what do they want? And a lot of people think about what they want, but I want you to think about what they want. Don't go, well, yeah, but they like this. I don't like that. So I'm not going to do it. No, that's not what it's about. Like people think it's crazy. You don't get your wife anything for her birthday. She doesn't want anything. Her love language is not gifts. Mm. She she's more happy with me, you know. We just sit in the bed together and we just talk. That's what she mm. likes. So why am I going to go get her a gift when she doesn't want the gift? Yeah, and a lot of, of people who don't understand that communication, they're like, "Well, she get her gift anyways." I'm like, but that's not her love language. That's like me, like you're in the country of Georgia. That's like me sending you a twenty dollar bill. Like, what are you going to do with it? It's it's useless to you, right? You don't have the dollar over there, right? Uh, we have the dollar actually. Oh, you <laughs> do? Coincidence, we have, yeah. Okay, so let's say I sent you tw uh, 20 yen from Japan. Yeah, yen would not work. You, when you, you're like, Mark, I appreciate it. What am I going to do with this? Okay, so the thing is, is you got to find out what the other person wants. And if your best friend likes to go to a sushi bar, I hate sushi, I'm just using that example, and you don't like sushi, you can still take him out to the sushi restaurant for their birthday and mm -hmm. maybe get water. Sacrifice. Don't say, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to go where you want to go because this is your birthday. But a lot of people are, are selfish. My wife is one of the most selfless people in the world. I'm one of the most, I'm the selfish one in the group. It's all about me, 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 me in our relationship. She's like, oh, it's not about me. It's about you. So that's not always a good thing because she's putting the light on me. I'm putting the light on my own self and mm -hmm. it's not good, but I'm, I'm working at that. Maybe by the time we're married 50 years, I'll have it down. Perfect. But <laughs> life is a journey. Life is a big learning experience, whether you're married, have friends in business, just got to keep on getting better every day. Hmm. Thank you so much for that, my friend. So the last question for today is if we imagine it's 2027 now, five years from now, and people, this podcast will be big because I will make sure it will become a huge success. People will come back to the original episodes of 2022 and they will listen to Mark and what is the biggest wisdom or the biggest nugget that you want them to remember from you? It can be a short sentence, can be a couple words. 
we spoke about being quiet. It can be this, it can be something else. That you know if they will close this video, they will be like, wow, I will have an amazing day because of what he said. No pressure, just intuition. Well, you already stole what I was going to say. I was going to say get quiet. You, listener, you need to get quiet. I'm telling you, if you're a runner like I am, run naked. That means without headphones, not without clothes. Walk naked. Uh, go swimming. Well, I guess you wouldn't wear headphones when you swim. If you go to, if you're gonna fly, don't have headphones in. Fly Talk naked. to people. Talk to people. There are a lot of nice people in the world. Okay, just get quiet. Five minutes, five hours. Just get quiet. I promise you. It'll be one of the greatest gifts you give yourself. Mark, thank you so much for that. So how can we connect with you if people want to know about your program, about your newsletter, everything? So now it's time to give your, your credits. And of course, I'm going to put all the links in the description, but say verbally, and I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with a, with a text. After well, I want people to head on over to overwhelmsucks.com. I love that Good URL. Name. I spent... 30 awesome. minutes on GoDaddy to get that. When you go there, you'll be transferred over to my website. But I, you know, on podcasts like this, I give that URL because it's it's easy to remember. Overwhelmsucks.com. There you can sign up to get my 10 quick, 10 quick tips to conquer overwhelm. Because everyone's overwhelmed. So it's my gift to you. Just head on over to overwhelmsucks.com. And sign up. Name and email address. You sign up. And don't just get the guide. Don't just read the guide. What do, what do you think I want them to do with the guide, Anthony? Big test for you here. People to take action on the guide. Yes. <laughs> Which is just the hardest getting part. the guide <laughs> is not going to help you. Just reading the guide won't help you. What's going to help you is if you actually take action. So overwhelmsucks.com. Now, if you want to find out, because that's what's known as a landing page, you can't do anything else. Once you sign up for that, to get that guide, you're taken to another page and you'll get to see some of my blog posts there. You'll be able to see where my homepage is and stuff like that. You can also find me at mrproductivity.com, which is my website. And you can find me on social media. My favorite platform is Snapchat. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm 57. I love Snapchat. But I'm everywhere. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm everywhere. Um, so just find me. Say hello. Say, tell me you saw me on Anthony's podcast. And and I'll go, Anthony who? No, I won't. i just just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, reach out. Yeah, because be I know a lot of people don't reach out because they think everyone reaches out. Most people don't. So yeah. be, the except, be the exception. You could be surprised at how many people think, oh, he must be too busy. I will not text. And finally, like the big name will answer you back in 30 minutes. Like it happened to me with like with Dr. Martini. He's going to be on my show in September. Wow. And he's a very successful businessman and leader. And I had this feeling just, I'm going to write directly to him. He answered me back in 30 minutes and said, <laughs> Anthony, I would love to be on your show. It's a great mission. Uh, speak to my speak to my team when you're ready for it in, in September. Nice, awesome. I'll, I just took a chance, and I will continue to do the same with other other leaders around the world. So, so nice. from my side, um, this is Anthony Rivet for your brother's podcast. You can follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Instagram, on my personal name, but also on the brothers your brother's podcast name for the on YouTube also. Um, thank you so much, guys, for your support. 
I'm going to have a Patreon link in the description if you want to support me financially uh, in this beginning stage of the podcast so we can make it grow faster. Uh, I'm still in the I'm in my home now, but, you know, eventually the baby will be back and I'm going to figure out, is it time for a studio for some <laughs> nice lights, some some Joe Rogan School of Greatness, impact theory, <laughs> design. So Good for you. We have to get there, you know. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Mark, for your amazing time and wisdom. And uh, we're going to talk to you soon. Have an amazing day, everybody. Bye-bye.